welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue Magic Pisces Podcast coming to you on December 19th. It's 7.23 p.m. as I am recording this. I'm trying to get God to turn me into a workaholic because I'm trying to not be so lazy. I'm, I'm, not like, I'm not like a lazy person. Like I don't, It's not like I just sit around on the couch doing nothing all day, but I do squander a lot of hours that I could be using creatively. And I basically let my coaching business dry up because I'm just kind of, I'm not burned out on it. I love one-on-one coaching. I love the people I work with, and I'm very blessed to have the business that I do, but I just kind of needed to take a little break. And so I had clients who were completing, quitting in other words, which there's nothing wrong with. Um, But um, normally what I would do when a client completes is look to replace them or see if they have somebody they could refer me to or something like that. But I just needed to chill. So I've been taking long one-wheel rides and just getting lost on this amazing machine. But because I don't, just because I don't have clients doesn't mean that I shouldn't be doing something. So the Course in Miracles podcast is technically up and running. You could go to just Google the, or go to Apple, any of the podcasts, any of the podcast providers, I believe, it should be in there, just the, the Course in Miracles podcast. And you can, the only lesson that's up is lesson one. And the, the reason for that is that I had to, you have to have a, 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 like an episode up and running in order to submit the podcast to Apple and Spotify and whatever else. So the official, however, the official release date of that is going to be January 1st, coinciding with the beginning of the year. And I'm going to release an episode a day for all of 2023. And to prevent myself from dropping the ball, I already have 20, 22 of them. I think 21 of them. I have 18 all queued up and ready to go. So they will be released at 5 o'clock a.m. on the day in question. So beginning with January 1st and, and then the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, etc up until the 31st of December, 2023, if the world doesn't blow up. But they're already synced up, and they will be released at 5 o'clock a.m. So you're supposed to do the lessons first thing in the morning. One of the things it says in the course is if you spend five minutes in the morning with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will direct your thinking all day long. So I want people to be able to wake up and have the the episode ready to go and they can listen to it and and start their day off right with the Holy Spirit directing their thinking. It's really cool stuff. The Course of Miracles is really amazing. I'm not doing any swearing on that podcast. I think maybe I say, I might say like pissed off or son of a bitch or something, but I'm, I'm not even saying bullshit. I say BS. So I'm really making an effort to honor the Holy Spirit there with lack of profanity. So that's cool. So look out for that. Feel free to tune in and or subscribe and listen to episode one if you'd like. And then episode two will be out on January 2nd. So good stuff. And the reason I, well, I was kind of, I was supposed to, I think I mentioned this already, but I was supposed to release 
Course in Miracles podcast last year, or this beginning of this year, but I got long COVID that lasted forever. And so I didn't have the energy to get it to get it going. So to prevent myself, again, from dropping the ball, I have a bunch of episodes recorded and already queued up. And I'm trying to, because my book is coming out very soon, I want as many avenues into me available as possible, right? So I want, I think, does that sound weird? Avenue, avenues into me. Will you please be an avenue into me? Fade into me. Is that Manzi Star? Be an avenue into me. I hope I am an avenue into you. Anyway, um, I want as many, I want people to be able to find me in as many ways as possible. So, for instance, maybe Miriam Williamson hears Course of Miracles podcast and she likes, she's picking up what I'm putting down and then she goes and tunes into the Magic Pisces podcast and she hears a crasser side of me. Then she hears that I got a book and she Googles my book and she orders it and then she tweets about it. Stranger fucking things have happened. The thing about this book is I just, I think it's, I think it's good. I just, I'm, I've worked so hard on it and I'm at this point now where it's kind of like, it's not plagi- it's not plagiarism, but what I do is I, I'll open up like a book. Um, I've been, for a while it was the Lord of the Rings and I'll just, I just read the book. I'll just be reading through the book and I'll have my computer open with a document with a, my book open, right? I'll have the document of my book open in my computer and I'll just read. And as little uh, sentences, sentence structures pop out or as little collections of words pop out at me, I'll take those words and I will not copy them, but I will use them in a, I'll sort of rearrange them and then fit them into my book. Sort of like if you were, i I, did I already talk about this? Sorry if you've had to listen to this already, but kind of like if you were to, you know, master the, decide to learn the scale uh, or the, uh, the solo to Stairway to Heaven. And you, you, you rack your brain learning this, this solo, but then once it's learned with the, the Stairway to Heaven solo, I believe, is just the major pentatonic solo for the most part, I could be wrong. Maybe the minor pentatonic, um, but all, like every like so many solos come from just that scale. So if you learn that solo, then you are likely to borrow bits and pieces of it, or in other words, be influenced by it in a solo that you write that is your own. And that's how art works. Artists are constantly borrowing and stealing from one another. Great artists steal. Yes, I have talked about this. So um, anyway, I'm just uh, final, final stages. The book is approximately 80,000 words, maybe 90,000 words. And I'm looking to trim it down just a little bit to keep it as concise as possible. But it... It begins with this nightmarish type of situation I found myself in in 2006, and then it rewinds back to very early childhood, and it goes up through uh, like childhood, elementary school, junior high, all the way up through present day to surfing here in Southern California. 
So we shall see, but I'm trying to get as much stuff out there, as many avenues into me out there as possible so I can sync it all up. And then the next thing I got to figure out is how to sync it all up. I'm probably going to release another podcast that's a, an annotated version of the book. I'm not sure if I'll read the book on the podcast because um, I might want to just put the book on Audible and not just give it away for free on a podcast. But I will probably be talking... So, for instance, one of the little vignettes from the book, um, say this situation that happened on my third birthday, what I will do on this new podcast, I'm thinking, is dive deeper into what was happening psychologically inside of my, my childish mind. So what was going on with the inner child there? And then how did that carry over? How has that carried over to the present day? Like, we all have, we all have an inner child, and inner child work, as mentioned before, is freaking fascinating. I recommend anybody do inner child work. I believe that we actually have like inner infants. And I actually have a, a theory on um, borderline personality that borderline, which is based, borderline personality is basically you're a little psycho. <laughs> That's borderline personality in a nutshell is you're a little psycho, you're emotionally unregulated. I've been talking about this a lot lately, but you're just a little psycho. Borderline per, like borderline personality sex is the best. If you ever want to have some, have some great sex, find someone with borderline personality and fuck their brains out. No, but I I had this, I had this girlfriend way back when, and I'm just realizing now as I'm watching YouTube videos on Borderline that she was, like, textbook. Like, it was just so feelingy, and it was just love-bombing, and she, one day after we'd been, you know, fucking our brains out for multiple times a day for weeks, like, all of a sudden one day there was just something really weird that happened. I, I don't know what it was, but it was, I was, like, being accused of something, like, looking at some other girl or something, and then... You know, from there, one thing kind of, it, I'll just say it didn't end well. I'll just leave it at that. And then this, I'm also realizing that as I'm writing this book, there's this, this story about me and this girlfriend that I had when I was like 19 named Sunshine. And she was totally psycho also, totally borderline as well, as was, as was I-ish for sure. Um, and so, you know, you get a couple of psychos together and they have some great sex and then maybe one of them tries to commit suicide <laughs> or murder even. So that's kind of, that's like borderline in a nutshell. Then you mix alcohol and drugs in with it and it just becomes a total fucking shit show. But I have this theory that borderline personality is like related to needs not being met in a very, so I've heard it's genetic. And what happens if, if you have, like, a genetic disposition, predisposition to something, what I believe happens, I learned this from Joe Dispenza, is that when, if you're, if you're prone, if you're gen genetically predisposed to something like borderline or alcoholism or something, there's a, there's a moment, it, it doesn't mean you're going to get alcoholism or end up with alcoholism or borderline, but that gene can switch on. And so I think that borderline, my theory is that borderline, the gene for it, switches on if, if a, the, the needs of 
a, the, uh, if, the, if a very small child's needs aren't met, emotional needs or nurturing needs or something in a very specific way very early on, then, then I think the gene for that might switch it on. Because borderline people, like, there's this, there's this point where, like, a switch kind of flips and, and they, just, they just go crazy. And then it can just become impossible. The thing about my emotional dysregulation is that as soon as I realize it's happening, I'm like, all right, I'm fucking crazy. I'm going to call somebody up. I'm going to get supported. And I don't, I, don't, I don't double down on it or, or cling to it like some people I've known over the years. So that's why I don't think I'm like fully borderline because as soon as I realize that I'm being crazy, I can snap out of it. But you know, there have been periods of my life where, you know, days, weeks, months, years where I've just been caught up in some crazy head shit and it, it sucks. So, but I, I think that it's all rooted in early, early, early childhood development. Maybe like, 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 uh, in, in it might be rooted in a, in an, an infant's earliest sensationary experiences, you know, like Oedipal types of experiences. Where what's it's not the not the not Freud Oedipal. What's the Freud has like these there's these developmental stages that Freud talks about, and one of them is where you're like there's a stage that's all about like just pissing and shitting. <laughs> I, I believe, I could be wrong, Google it. I, I'm too lazy to Google it right now. But I, I think that it might be rooted in something like infantile, like that. So, you know, stay tuned because I talk about, like I think for this podcast that I'm, I need to get some coaching or have, you know, talk talk this out with somebody, but I think that I might again, be doing like a, a deeper dive to really dive into the psychology of what was happening in my life. And that happens, the, the psychology of a lot of addicts. Because I'm trying to, I want this book to be a really thorough contribution. And I also want to set myself apart. So again, back to the avenues, avenues into me and the Course of Miracles and whatever and, and then perhaps this one, and then a book, of course, and kind of sync it all together in a, a website. I've been reading this really cool book, two, two cool books. One is called um, The Hero Within, and it's about the, ar the different archetypes that, that make us up, that sort of make us tick. And there is the, there's an orphan archetype, there is a wanderer archetype, there is an innocent archetype, there is a magician archetype, there is a warrior archetype, and there's one other. There's like six main ones. It's rooted in the work of Carl Jung, and then of course, um, who's the, the hero's journey guy? Ugh, Joseph Campbell. So the book is rooted in like Jung and Campbell, but the, the getting in touch with our inner archetypes and seeing where the imbalances lie is really like necessary. If you're on like a personal development journey, like getting, getting clear on which archetype is running the show and when, and then calling in another archetype to, or activating, you could say another archetype within you to kind of balance it out is crucial. And the, 
borderline personality, the archetype running the show there is the orphan. Now, we can't help having a little bit of orphan energy in us, but there's a way to kind of resolve the inherent conflict of each archetype, and I believe that borderline personality is rooted in a, a lack of resolution of something that happens with the orphan archetype very, very early on. It's super fascinating. It's super, I mean, early, early, early childhood development stuff is fascinating because you can't, you can't remember, um, you can't, there's so much that you can't, you don't remember until you're about like two and a half or three. And then there's that like first memory that you have where you sort of burst forth into the universe. But shit's happening before that. And we are making up store. I mean, you could even back in, into the womb and into the ambionic fluid. And, you know, you, you're, you're picking up the vibrations of your mother and father and whatever they're experiencing through the amniotic fluid and you're just basically like a sponge from the get-go and I'm, I'm not sure I believe I believe that the I, I I side with the Hindus in regards to like the whole like abortion thing I side with the Hindus the Hindus say that the soul inhabits the, the soul basically downloads itself into the little fetus at about 40 days so you got, you know, you get a pass. For 40 days, it's, it's just a, a clump of cells. And then at about the 40th day, the soul that's swimming around out in the ether, out in the universe, decides, hey, I'm going to implant myself into that mother. And then it's a baby. <laughs> you can call it a fetus or whatever, but I think that that's a baby. And, you know, whether or not you believe in the right to whatever, I, to, to abortion, which I, I do, but... At 40 days, I, I believe that you're killing a soul or you're, you are um, basically murdering a human life. I just do. And a lot of people who are pro-choice actually feel the same way. But anyway, from early, early, early on, perhaps from that, that 40th day after your mother was impregnated by your father, that... Um, the you, your soul entered the little fetus there, and so began your journey. And the second that that soul got into that little fetus, it started absorbing the vibrations of its environment. And perhaps the root of borderline is pre-birth. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but just Google borderline personality disorder, and you can kind of once once you have an eye for it, you can kind of tell who you've known over the years that has been that way. You know, like did you date an incredibly attractive person that was totally fucking psycho, but you couldn't stay away from? Him? Probably, very likely borderline, maybe a sociopath. Um, I think some borderline people are psychopathic also, and that's a real that's a real doozy. I'm definitely not psychopathic or sociopathic. I have lots of feelings, too many gosh darn feelings. Um, so 
I'm trying to figure out the way to kind of address all of this because if I were to get if I were to explain everything in the book, it would be it would just go on forever, and there would be all these foot. I was thinking about putting footnotes in the book, but I think that uh, this might be it—a podcast just called Footnotes, the footnotes for the book. I'm not gonna, I'm not sure on the title of the book yet, but that might be cool, the Footnotes podcast. That way, I don't have to give the whole freaking thing away. Anyway. Uh, I think I'm going to cut this episode kind of short. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a good uh, Christmas planned, a New Year's planned. I'll probably um, podcast again. By the way, I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. The one-wheel electric skateboard machine is... It's about, it's one of the greatest inventions of all time. I did about a 20 mile trail run today, trail, trail ride today. And it's basically like, it's like snowboarding on dirt. It's so, it's so fun. I wear full skate, full vert skateboarding, knee pads, elbow pads, wrist guards, helmet and goggles. And I'm going to get some, um, like motocross body armor because you could get fucked up. You definitely could get fucked up, but it is, it is so freaking fun. And I went on this, this group ride on Saturday night with all these San Diego one wheelers, the San Diego one wheel community. And these people are kind of, kind of hardcore. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person that's pretty good at things. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty good surfer. I'm like, I'm an okay skater. I'm not great or anything, but I could, I could hang and I can definitely ride this freaking one wheel. And I got in this pack with this group, and they were like, some of them were seriously kicking my freaking ass. We're going through like trails at night, and there's this guy that leads the leads the group that is apparently the best one wheeler in the world. But he was like taking his one wheel off. Like I saw him do at least a six foot acid drop off this like loading dock, and then he also like jumped a chain. So he came to a chain and he jumped up. And the board went under him, and then he landed back on the board. I was like, how in the hell did you do that? And um, I was, you know, I'm a little competitive, so I was definitely up near the front. But I was not, I was not the best. Definitely not the best. But I could not, I, if, if you're like an adventure person, I could not recommend the one-wheel enough. It is an amazing invention. It's totally intuitive. It gets to a point where, like, you don't you just stand on the thing and it goes it's almost like you're working it with your mind the thing is a freaking trip and they're not cheap either i think this the one i have is like 25 i think i paid 2600 dollars for it worth every flipping penny so and then i you know i'm part of this one wheel community now like i thought they were going to be like all dorks they're kind of like they're kind of like stoner types you know, they're like a lot of them were like like vaping and like drinking beers while they're riding, and like a lot of them are smoking bowls and shit. And you know, that's basically exactly what I expected. It's not like rollerbladers. It's not like a rollerblader crew though. It's definitely cooler than rollerbladers, and it's totally different from skaters. It's like its own thing. It's its own phenomenon. So check out check out a one wheel if you are so inclined. You can demo them, and I don't know. This podcast brought to you by One Wheel. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. God song. One, two, three, four. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening, there were demons.
demons disguised as angels in shiny foily packets containing China heroin. The cheapest vodka bottles, the filthy escapades, my morning hustle on the train. And the angels watching over me, the God that I could never see as I wandered alone through city streets. And the whores, the whores, the whores were my friends. The hookers and the junkies and the other deviants. They beat me to submission till I cast aside my demons and that's when it came. My truth is my truth.